0: my very first superintendent Chris Kennedy Chris and I go back a long way we've uh, uh, worked together in different capacities and uh, he's one of the most respected educators that I know um, you'll you'll hear in this in this interview his sort of sense of calm around this really challenging time uh, again as as I have with everyone I've learned a few things I thought particularly his message around the four priorities and and why keeping those priorities um, in order has been a really helpful thing. So I hope you'll enjoy uh, this uh, conversation with Chris Kennedy. Well, welcome to uh, another edition of What's Happening, Education and COVID-19. And I am pleased to be joined today by my good friend and longtime colleague, uh, Chris Kennedy. Um, Chris, why don't you uh, introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about where you are, what you do, and then we'll uh, keep chatting.
1: Uh, morning, Dean. I'm a uh... Chris Kennedy, superintendent of schools in uh, West Vancouver in British Columbia. We have about uh, 7,500 students, uh, and we are uh, one week into remote learning.
0: Right. Now, you guys sort of came off a, and again, this was the timing that everybody was either a little bit blessed to have or not so blessed to have with spring break sort of coming a little bit before that. So um, I'm curious, I guess this is my always my first question to people is, what have you i mean you report to the ministry of education in british columbia uh, so what what is basically the task at hand what are you telling teachers are their duties like what is what are you responsible for and what what have you told them about the next couple months
1: yeah so um the ministries in our in our case has really set up four priorities this first is around that uh this the safety and the well-being of of students and staff uh the second one is supporting um, uh, our essential service workers. Um, our, our third priority is around the, the vulnerable learners. And then the fourth priority is around continuity of learning for all students. And I think it's kind of interesting how they set those out and, they, and they've they been really specific that they are in that order um, because I think most of the conversation is about, oh, what are we going to do about learning? What platforms are we going to do We go online? Our ministry has been really clear, like that's, that's a priority, but it's actually the fourth priority for them. And I think so. I think By continuing to emphasize that, that's allowed the conversations to be more about thoughtful, caring and and well-being. And then to think about, well, who are who might be most at risk? Who do we need to support? Um, And then get to the well, what are we what are the tools and the platforms
0: we're going to use to help all kids at the end? So in that journey and it's, you know, just because they're they're laid out in order, it's not necessarily like, you know, you it's it's. um you know chronic uh, chronically approached right like you you're doing all of them but prioritizing right. so along your journey then uh maybe just let's just walk through each one of those so in terms of the the health and well-being uh what has been the conversation and what are that what have been the, the way you've approached that um, i i think so we we probably got started earlier than some
1: we decided that in spring break we were going to begin to message to lower anxiety and so our our we would always think, if we have some information, yes, it's spring break, but would this, would this actually lower people's anxiety if they knew this? And almost all the time, the answer was yes. And so we found ways to sort of begin to, begin to message out. And I think early on what we did was we began to try to message out in the new ways. And so rather than sending out a letter, we started to do videos out and because just to them to get accustomed to, oh, well, this is how it works this is what the tools like and just so they begin to have some familiarity um you know we did that with our staff over spring break and with our parents over spring break and our students over spring break and so i think i think that was sort of them some of the those were those initial conversations um and then then that whole modeling well we would model that and then what i heard happened in schools this week was then those they did those same things with their staff their school staffs and with their school parents and their school student bodies
0: so one of the things that, that I, you know, I, I've been emphasizing when I'm talking to people is that you probably in some ways, and, and maybe I'm, maybe I'm not fully correct in this thinking, but you can't over communicate to your point about like, if you have, you have that uh, information, you need to be giving it to people and it's just that maybe that constant reassuring of people if it's the right messaging. One of the challenges that I heard other people think about, I hadn't thought about is like, uh, you know, and then this is, this is, amplified in in our time is like okay so as a superintendent you send out one message and then the principal might be sending out a message and then the teacher might be sending out a message and perhaps they're slightly different or 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 um in in one case you've you've got you've got two children in a school and you're getting different levels of communication from teachers how do you kind of address that sort of continuity of that messaging
1: yeah and and i think that's really important so i I think right uh At the end of spring break in my message i talked about i was handing it off and then i told parents and i told staff you are going to hear a lot less from me now and i'm handing it off to principals you're going to hear from your principal this afternoon and so i think i think we've had this you know that it was it was important for me to set the larger context early on uh, and then hand it out to schools Uh, and i've seen schools begin to hand that down to teachers because i think in the end what parents really want, want to hear is they want to hear from the people who work most closely with their kids. They're less interested in what the superintendent says, more interested in what the principal says, and really interested in what their teachers and their kids' teachers are thinking. Right. And so I think, I think you have to be clear about handing those pieces off. Uh, and then my job, I think now going forward, is to sort of I aggregate up what I hear is happening, and I try to continue to cr- paint that sort of global district picture of what's happening by aggregating up the, the work that's happening elsewhere. So all of our like all the first responders and all that, their children are entitled to still go to school. So that and so they're um uh, uh so that so we're providing in we're providing school for them. So all of these uh, ESWs um uh are are and and, and so we have a, a little we have it's not many kids but like it took you know a couple dozen teachers and and EAs who've all stepped up and go yeah yeah I'll do that and sure. that could be. That can make you nervous, and it's people not teaching in their like you know they could just sit at home and teach online, right? But now they're, right. they're stepping up and taking the seven a.m. shift to to te- work with these
0: kids. So is that true then? Is that true all across British Columbia then that that's what every district is asked to do that?
1: Yeah, so I think that's one of the reasons like they're really careful with the language that schools are actually open. We're just suspending in-person instruction, and so schools are open and. And, and all school districts are required to provide uh, um, school for essential service workers' children. Free, you know, sort of 9 to 3, free of charge. Um, and then, you know, some of us, we've ex- we're going 7 to 7. It kind of lines up with the, the
0: hospital shifts and the police shifts. What do you mean 7 to 7? like in terms so, of so we
1: started. we offer, like it, it's, you know, how you, some parents would send their kids to before and after school care. So we, okay. we our school opens at 7 a.m. And so they can bring their kids there if they have a, like, because most of our hospitals are on a 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. shift. And so we start at 7 a.m. and and go to 7 p.m.
0: And that's mostly for your elementary folks?
1: Yeah, so it's just for 5 to 12-year-olds.
0: Okay. Okay. So now you, have, now you want to talk about your vulnerable learners. So these are, the, these are the kids that we were worried about and thinking about before all this happened, and now they're in potentially. And, and when we say vulnerable, I, you know, obviously that doesn't necessarily include academic vulnerability. It can include all kinds of uh, behavioral and issues. Like that's, that's always the one that, like, I think would, you know, if I've got a child with special needs right now, like this has got to be an extremely challenging time. So how are you dealing with the, those that have you identified as vulnerable?
1: Yeah, and it is, it's, it's a wide group that you can think of. Like you could also, also have to acknowledge that we have um, our district 600 or so international students who have now scattered all over the world. Some of them returned to their homes in, in China, in Italy, in Spain, in places that have been exceptionally hard hit by the virus. They wanna continue with their learning. They wanna to continue to move on towards getting credit and graduating. Um, and and they, are, they are now eight hours or a 10 hour time difference from here. And they have no local supports in place, and so that's that you know that that for us is one group. But I think you're right. I think the I think the biggest group going forward will be some of our special needs students and how we support them. Um, You know, I I, because there are some students who will need face to face support, and what does that look like in the era of of remote learning? Um, In you know, I I would say that I would say the last week have been about um, sort of putting in the larger plans and the essential service workers. I think we're in that next week or two where there'll be a fair bit of time and energy around what are we doing about sort of special needs students, um, and then that bigger sense of vulnerable learners. I'm, I, I, what I see happening around us in other districts is super impressive to see places like Vancouver and Surrey with their um, their meals programs are all still carrying on. They're figuring out ways to make sure that breakfasts and lunches are being served to these families because who are reliant on that as part of their school program. Uh, and um, and so I think. Uh, you know I think in West Vancouver we have some diff we don't have some of the same vulnerabilities as other communities, but I, I think a lot of thoughtfulness in b c around how do we make sure we're continuing to service those
0: who really need school for far more things than just academics so and that I guess that makes me think about um, you know for better or for worse, when we look at our when you look at a typical classroom and you, you identify, okay, so you know all of these all of these kids come with a variety of needs, and on the one hand, we're trying to be equitable uh not just for the most vulnerable, but to make sure that everybody feels like they're getting this quality experience but now, you know sort of given time resources and um you know priorities uh, we probably are going to rely on the parents who have means and the parents who have uh you know m- more stability in their lives to take even more ownership of their child and their child's education just because you know, we, don't, we can't do what we normally did. So um, is that messaging sort of being uh, given? Because we wouldn't say that message in a face-to-face setting saying, well, your kids are, your kids are okay, so they're not going to get any attention. We would never do that. We don't mean to do that. But I think I just wonder if now is the time where we have to kind of uh, think about those parents like, you actually don't need our help as much as like these people and, and capacity-wise we've got we to help these guys.
1: Well, and I, and I think that gets to that priority. Like, and I think, I think we've acknowledged that by saying, you know, essential service workers, they're going to need help because they're, they're working 12-hour shifts at the hospital and they're trying to stop the virus. And then special needs families, they're going to need help because they, they have some unique challenges. And so the everybody else bucket, um, you're going to have to be a little more on your own. But let, then also let us reassure you that, you know, if you're a grade 12 and you're put into that category we've just talked about, you don't, it's not that you have 95% right now in math 12 and you're going to walk out of here with 75% in two months. You know, we're not going to ding you and penalize you because you don't have access to the, some of the same school supports that you had, you know, up to spring break. Like, I think we've been pretty good also with the messaging that, you know, yes, you know, carrying on with remote learning isn't optional, but also that, that nobody's trying to come out and get you.
0: Right, like we're, we're all kind
1: of, we're in it to support. It. Yeah, we're on your side, right? Like that's been a Like we're on your side to make sure that you know that your dreams and your goals around university that were there a month ago, we're still going to help you get
0: to there. Right, right. Um, do you are you using any specific language? I know I've been I've been talking with a lot of people. Uh, some people are calling it very intentionally about because they're not. People are sort of already shied away from online learning. That's not really what we're talking about. It's emergency remote. Uh, crisis, it's emergency real learning, it's some, some are using, uh, I know in the U.S. they're calling, they're, they're using uh, supplemental as opposed to, mm-hmm. because they're very um, specific about not introducing new learning. Like if, if, if you had something planned to do in May that was going to be new, that's off the table. It's it's all kind of under the bucket of enrichment or that kind of thing. Or you've been what kind of language are you using around to frame all of it?
1: Yeah, I, I would say that we're kind of like in the middle there we you know we still we talk about uh, remote learning um some of it sometimes talk about sort of emergency remote learning um uh, we uh, i would say that we would be introducing I, i think there would still be new new materials still being introduced i think i think there is a goal that we want to make sure that you know some of those core pieces that you want kids to understand at a certain grade and a certain subject that you still have a chance to cover them i think that will become clear in the next week or two as we understand, especially in districts, the levels of access to tools and technologies, and I think we're really conscious about not widening the gap right now. That that we're trying to that that in in schools and districts where there's sort of a an even playing field with access to tools and technology, I think there will be more. It's remote learning. Um, I think in those places where there's a greater gap, I think we're going to see it more, as you described, around enrichment and supplemental because you just you know i I think there's a there is a there is everyone's bought into the idea that this shouldn't this shouldn't make the gap even wider between those the haves and the have nots
0: so it, it essentially uh, when we when we you know use the terms personal learning or personalized learning it will probably be i mean i've talked about achievement gaps potentially widening just because of of access but but I guess the experience that Students will have will be we, we just are accepting the fact it's going to be diverse because of so many factors that you can't control that's just we're just going to kind of have to understand that this child's experience versus this child's experience it has to be different
1: yeah I, I think I think you know in and the technology is an easy one to see but I think you just look at where we're at in sort of crisis in communities right now that the, the, there's no way that you can have similar experiences for kids Based on depending on where, where their family's at with um, with what's going on right now either. Right.
0: Yeah. I mean, it just it just sort of brings the, the whole word of equity really has sheds uh, has this whole another context to it that we haven't I for sure hadn't really thought about all of the the, uh, the nuances around it. I wanted to ask you a little bit about you you talked uh, about uh, earlier about the um, emergency response thing. So what, what other kind of stories or like just even little anecdotes around uh, from West Vancouver teachers or, or leaders that you said, that was really pretty awesome things you've seen already.
1: Yeah. So like, you know, seeing our, one of our, our teachers in the high school um, get, get, go in and get all their 3d printers um, and making um, help make masks for the local hospital. You know, that there's a certain ear clip, I think, or that, that, that they need to produce. And so he got all his 3d printers going making those for the for the local hospital which was so which was just which was cool right that's the whole right. you know community coming together you know I, I, like almost I, I see photos every day of of families who are posting or who are doing little chalk drawings or or putting pictures up in the windows at the school you, you just it's a reminder of how how important schools are right the centers of community are for for families and um like that they want they're desperate for those connection pieces um, you know, we have, this past week, we had students who could come in to get stuff they needed for um, for remote learning and, you know, could go in in small groups and social distancing and all of that. Uh, and they were just they were just so desperate to be in the building that they, you know, they missed it so much. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, they didn't you, you don't know what you missed it and you, you're going to miss until it's gone. Right. And that, they, right. they just that act and, and was an emotional experience for kids and families going in and, and getting things out of the school thinking that you know without that sort of there's no sort of certainty around well we know we'll be back in a week or a month it's sort of open-ended which is which is a real struggle for people
0: absolutely yeah no and and it's just like yeah you're right there's so many encouraging things to hear Um, what uh, so as you look ahead because you don't know how long this is going to be and you can maybe in the back of your mind think well this is more than likely going to be this is this is the, the school year what are your concerns uh, like that you're thinking about, like, this, here's the thing that I'm really still concerned about that, you know, as much as we've got things in place, I don't know how we're going to deal with this or, or I'm worried about this.
1: Yeah, I, you know, one group I feel real for really badly for is our grade 12s. You know, there is such, I like the all the pieces around graduation and they are, they're sort of, they're cultural milestones for kids. And, um, you know, I know that they're anxious about it. They're sad about it. They're worried about it. You know, that these things are, are life. Um, moments around graduation and and just so you know if we aren't in if we aren't in in in-person schooling in June or those options aren't available to us how do we how do we celebrate how do we celebrate the sort of an end of this piece because they're going to move on without an ending and those I think that's really hard for kids Um, and so like like I know that's not front of mind and, and the urgent and emergency kind of work that we're doing right now but you know it is definitely a group that I that I think a lot about in terms of how do we bring celebration and closure during, uh, during this kind of time?
0: Well, and again, I think we, uh, you know, as, as a sort of a, as a school district or whatever, it is sort of that like thing you just hang your hat on that you can you know, put on the wall and say, we did it. And, you know, especially yeah. those that have done 13 years of schooling. Um, yeah, it's, it's a big it's a big thing in a, in a kid's life and in, in a school's life to be able to honor that. Not not being able to do that. You know, it's it's among many of the things that, of course, we're struggling with. So um, I I just want you to know that uh, since I've been self-isolating, I have maintained my 11,000 steps a day (laughs) um, without even going out of the house, which is good. So I'm just wondering about you. You've got four kids, school-age kids. Uh, Tell me a little bit about – here's what I want to know. So I know you you do go in and and stuff like that, but – has there just been sort of a moment in your days up to now at home that you've thought, oh, wow, this is I've never done this before. And it could just be just a little interaction or a routine that you've established or <clears throat> seen happen that you've that you've just sort of made you be aware of this is this is different. Um, so I'm actually going in a lot because I
1: just I, I found that I was struggling without the routine of, of work as a place. And I'm I, I'm really struggling with work not being a place. And I know you've you know you've kind of lived more flexible hours and locations. I've never done that, and I and I can't yet. And mm-hmm. so I go in every day to work. I'm there in the morning, and I stay to the end. And I'm the only person upstairs in the office. Um, but for me, I kind of I I'm finding I haven't been able to find when I'm at home. I'm struggling to find a routine that feels like work. Um, and so you know that's a that's a that's that's a real challenge for me. Like. I have great respect for, you know, for people like you and, and my wife kind of works a lot from home and can kind of turn work on and off. I can't figure out how to make home work, feel like work.
0: Well, I don't know. You may have to. I'm not sure how, how, how this will go. But, I know, eh? I know. But uh, what are your steps still up high or what are you? At?
1: My steps are okay. They're about, um. Uh, I, I, at the beginning of spring break, I was like, it's kind of that honeymoon. Hey, we get to be home now. I'm going to get out okay, every day. Great. And now I'm kind of grinding to get my 10,000 every day. I get oh, yeah. out for a walk and it's getting harder and um I, I yeah it you know because during my day at the office I'm I'm sitting on Zoom calls like this all the time basically. Right,
0: right. right? you're not run, getting, you're getting you're up you're not moving walking. around anywhere. Yeah, yeah. Um so my last question is when this is all done and we look back at this and there'll be all kinds of you know uh, examinations and thoughts around what we've gone through what are your kind of hopes that 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 this that this experience will uh, transpire into something lasting in in a positive way. Like I don't, again, I don't even know if that's too early to ask, but I don't know if you've thought about that at all.
1: Yeah, like I, I think we all know it's gonna it's it's gonna change some things permanently, but we're not quite sure what they are and how. Like we all kind of agree. Everyone nods their head. Well, yeah, we're not gonna go back to doing things the way we used to. You know, I like I'm I'm pretty sure universities are gonna be able to admit kids into the fall this year, like they always have. But there will have been no final exams and no final marks, but they'll figure it out. So, like, but I, we'd always heard that you needed to have final exams and final marks to get kids into university. So we we'll know we we'll probably find out some of those things that we said are true aren't necessarily true. And so, like, I think it's going to have a shift around that whole, the whole assessment and evaluation piece. I also I also think we are having, I think this, the current, about also what is it you really need to know um you know uh, 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 that that's important and then i think that i think it what you know we talked a little bit about the sort of the centerpieces of community i think i think what this what this also does is it will be i think schools will be more appreciated for their value they have as sort of the gathering places in our community you know that you know one thing that we didn't talk about that that i feel a little bit lost yeah i i I, like I'm, i'm trying to post jokes and and do silly blog posts because what I worry is happening right now is that we are doing the care for people. And then we're doing the, here's the lesson, but then that other part of school, that banter, that fun, yeah. that joy that you talk about, we're not doing that, that part right now. We got the other two things happening. And so like, I think like that, I think we've got to figure that out in this space. And then I also think that's something that we will really have missed and want to come back to when we come back face to face.
0: Yeah. That kind yeah. It's that sort of, you know, uh, Seinfeld it's about nothing kind of thing but it's not really about nothing right like that like you said like that those interactions that seem superfluous in some ways are really about social grooming they're about how we connect with one another but it's like you know when, when with the way people and I've described this a lot of this experience is it's like a funeral right everybody grieves a little differently so we're very sensitive to the fact that you know, like I know with the April Fools' things, and I and I gave you a hard time about that. There were people who were saying, "Please, no April Fools' jokes." And I knew what they were doing because, of course, an April Fools' jokes range from very, you know, innocuous, very like your stuff is very tame kind of thing. Not nobody's getting hurt by it. To, right. you know, um, stuff that really is kind of like, "Ooh, boy, that was a little," you know, bordering on the nasty. And so we're we're being ex- extremely sensitive to that. But I think you're right. When we don't just sort of chat and say, "Hey, how's it going?" or you know, because we don't have sports to talk about, which is always a good one, right? Like let's right. talk about sports, or well, we don't. There's no sports to talk about, so we've lost a lot of the uh, casual interactions that really make up who we are and, and what we believe, and and just that whole culture piece. So yeah, that's an interesting. That's an interesting observation. Is how do you maintain that, uh, you know, that culture, which is built around not just the big things that we're talking about now, but the little tiny moments that. We just don't – we don't know how to do, I think, and we aren't sure whether we should do them, I think, so. Well, I was going to
1: live-tweet WrestleMania today, but I don't know if I'm going to do that or not.
0: <laughs> was that actually on? It's
1: t- they're going They're going WrestleMania without fans.
0: See, that's the thing. Like, I'm trying to find out, like – because somebody, somebody shared with me um, – well, well, so you know the NBA guys are doing their – they're doing the game thing online, so they're, yeah. they're playing down that, which uh, is not my thing, but maybe – like, I'm just – like – and then somebody else shared with me, like, uh, uh, Hot Wheels did, like, a Ferrari race where they did the little cars and they called it and stuff like that. And it looks pretty cool, actually, but I'm not a race guy. So, like, I'm trying to figure out what what I can sort of tap into as far as this goes. <laughs> but anyway, well, uh, thanks for uh, thanks for taking time to chat. I know, uh, um, you know, you've got a lot of stuff going on, but I appreciate, like, hearing your perspective and all things that are happening out in British Columbia. Thanks, Dean.